Welcome to our next episode of the Five Moments of Need Performance Matters series. This is Bob Mosier, one of the many co-hosts you'll meet throughout this series. So friends, are you trying to learn more about the Five Moments of Need? Maybe how to design for them, implement for them, measure them and even sell them as an approach to your enterprise. Well, in the Performance Matters series, we will help you better understand the theory and best practices behind this powerful methodology and offer proven ways to put the five moments of need into practice. Okay, friends, we welcome you back to yet another Performance Matters series. And again, this time around, we are focusing on methodology matters. And in this case, we're going to start with a famous story of what has become known as train transfer sustain in our business. Con, want to get us started with that? Well, sure. So many years ago, when we were first working to help organizations understand the five moments, we were in the Netherlands, and we were working with a group of wonderful people, but they all had a training mindset. And they, all they could think about and all they could see was the training event. And so, as you recall, you were trying to help broaden their vision, and I had the idea of a graphic that could show the train, but also the transfer phase and the sustain phase, which were three phases of any learning ecosystem. And so I scratched that out on a flip chart and pulled it around and shared that with everyone, and they still had a blank look on their face. You stepped in, as you always do, as the evangelist (laughs) and, and, and said, this is what he means, and train transfer sustain was born. So let's dissect this famous graph a bit. Okay. I'm going to run at the journey, right? So it really has two parts to it, frankly. And by all means, if folks want the graphic, they can reach out to us and contact us. We'd be happy to send that along. But really what I love about this, Con, is that you started out with a learner's or performer's journey itself, right? We love that word performer. Dear friend of ours, introduce us to that along the road, that they're really not learners, candidly. We want to look at them, talk about them, change the vocabulary so that we focus on them as performers. And to become competent and ongoing and ever-evolving performers, they really do cycle through three parts of that. Number one is they have to clearly master things. We get this. This was what that group couldn't get beyond. And we've never refuted that, that it wasn't important, that you have to train people up to a point of mastery. I wouldn't want a pilot flying a plane without some understanding of lift and other things that they have to fundamentally get. So there is that first flow into mastery. Yeah, and one of the challenges of that journey to mastery is that different learners achieve a level of mastery at a different rate. And so in any given event, any given period of time, you have a range of mastery levels that happen. And so that's important. And then we also have this, with this range, we also have immediately happening the Ebbinghaus forgetting curve, where people begin to forget at a very rapid rate, whatever it is that they had mastered and learned in that event-based experience. Right. And they're they're trying to be competent. Yeah. That's the next part of it, right? It's one thing to be masterful at something. The story I always tell is, I got a 100 in accounting in undergraduate. I was an A student, but I cannot do your taxes. My journey from mastery to competency, which is the second and much more critical stage, it's why we do what we do. So the learner doesn't have to just end, nor does the journey end at mastery. It has to get to some level of competency. 
Yeah, and that competency portion of the journey is so crucial because that's where we take all the different pieces that I may have mastered and we begin to integrate them together into the whole. And we integrate them with our experience, our previous experience, with our experience as we're applying those things to our job and adjusting them and adapting them. The transfer stage, uh, that journey to true competence, is a significant challenge. And Con, I think this was what that group was struggling with because what they couldn't get beyond was we practice in class. Yeah. We, we go out and get scenarios from our learners. We have a lab that's just like the workflow. I mean, we bring people in, and we've never refuted that. But we also know, and everyone listening to this knows, if you put your learner-performer hat on in your life, sure, if you were immersed in some of the most wonderful, immersive environments of training, they are not the workflow. That's where true transfer, when I'm on my own, out of that safe environment that is the classroom, and I'm out there in the workflow trying to take all that's in my head that I've mastered and learned and transfer it in the context of what I do. Yeah, and my workflow is different than your workflow. Absolutely. And my workflow today is different than my workflow tomorrow. And so making that journey of taking whatever it is that I've learned, integrating it with my existing skill set, and becoming more competent, more skilled, more able to do what I need to do on the job, that's no small thing. Now we live in a complicated world, don't we? We do. That changes. <laughs> it that does. Changes. Well, I always tell the story. If I Back when I taught Lotus 1, 2, 3, there was no version. There was no .20 or dot. It was what it was. Because then this word called upgrade came along. In our world, in our life is upgrades every day. This world of remaining so. The shelf life of content is at an all-time low, right? What is current today is, can be not current in an hour a day or, or whatever time. So how does a learner not just transfer to competency, but remain competent at a acceptable level is one thing, but we also have to continue to grow in our competence, broaden our competence, you know, become better performers over time. That's the sustainment phase. Well, sure. And inside of that is the challenge of change. When we do things over and over and over again, and we master things, we become competent with things, then it changes. That challenge of overriding those skill sets with new skill sets is the greatest learning challenge that there is. And you really can't train your way out of it. You just can't. No organization can afford to do that. So to unlearn, to relearn, is a real challenge. And in a world that is ever-changing like our world today, that is the big challenge in the world of sustain. So train, transfer, sustain, been around forever. In a world of a training mindset, it's been a challenge. When I used to train the best I could, and I frankly thought I was a pretty good one, I worked very hard at it. The reality, though, was when that bell rang, when we got to that infamous end of anything, whatever the event was in size, shape, or time, they were on their own. We as an industry did not go with them into transfer and sustain. Here's the best part of this message. With five moments, we do. That's right. By focusing on the moment of apply and building solutions to support people at the moment of apply, change, and solve, as well as from time to time the moments of learn new and learn more, by building those performance support solutions, then we have something that can, a digital coach, if you will, that is there during the transfer stage, that is there as people are moving through the very challenging moments associated with sustain. And so that's the good news. We can intentionally make a difference, and it changes everything. 
It brings greater efficiency to every part of that journey of train transfer sustained. So with our clients, with those who work with, we see three really wonderful things happen when this is done well. Obviously, the most exciting to any trainer should be, and to anyone who's in this business, is that time to competency, which is how we are measured. Not smile sheets at the end of the day, not whether people were compliant when they passed the test, not whether people could test out at the end and demonstrate skills. That's mastery. We are in this business for competency and time to competency with the five moments, with targeting transfer and sustain as your deliverable is where you start. We see that reduced considerably because of what we enable them to do in the training stage and beyond. Yeah, it's a dramatic shift in terms of time and no organization can meet the challenges of changing markets and all that is before them without addressing this. Many years ago, Peter Senge observed that the true competitive advantage of any organization is its ability to learn at the speed of change. And so that's very important. That's very helpful in this journey is to be able to be responsive at that time to effective performance. And there's other economies of scale. The other one that's also a part of this is we see training on average because it is an enablement model shift by half. We see typically the training events, the size, the time we need to keep them in class because we don't teach everything. We don't no longer have to teach and show everything. A little foreshadowing here. We'll talk a little bit about critical skills in another podcast. But the reality is we see on average the economic model consistently impacted by this model. Yeah. And see, when you are participating in a learning event, you stop your work to learn. So that is expensive time to an organization. And if you can reduce the footprint of time that people stop their work in order to learn, that's big. Hmm. Now, this has also forced us to better clarify a term we throw around our business all the time, ecosystem. We have conferences named after it. We hear people talk about it all the time, that we want to create an ecosystem. One of my faults with this industry is we love to make up terms. We love to invent things and kind of throw them out there and let them either the industry define or, God forbid, the learner define them. What I love about the five moments of need is it creates what we call a learning and performance ecosystem. It actually helps us architect that five moments of need journey from both a methodology, a technology, and a deliverable perspective in a way that we've not been able to before because we have something we call blended learning. (laughs) Yeah. In reality, it's blended training, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's what we've called blended learning for so long has just simply been meshing a group of different training approaches together. And we say we have blended learning. Well, you don't have blended learning unless you're dealing with the train transfer sustain and all five moments and ensuring that people are being sustained across all three of those phases. So how do we see these ecosystems grow then? Do you sit in a room for three days and cover a whiteboard or, you know, what that used to be the modus operandi? Oh, yeah, yeah. How do you discover these ecosystems in a meaningful way? Well, it's important to understand that there are two levels of ecosystem that every organization has to address. There's the macro ecosystem. It's the overarching ecosystem. And if an organization attempts to put in place a learning ecosystem at that level without first taking into account what their learning solution ecosystems need to be, they're going to spend a lot of money and redo and undo and make a lot of mistakes. A learning solution ecosystem is a learning solution that accommodates all five moments of need across train, transfer, sustain. 
And that is a true learning solution ecosystem. And when you get that right, and you design that and build that, knowing that at some point you've got to have an overarching ecosystem that holds together and works together, then you're going to get it right. You know, in another podcast, you're going to hear from organizations that have been on this journey. Organizations we work with, they've seen this evolution happen one project at a time. But if you go into organizations now, they have remarkable learning and performance ecosystems. But they will tell you that that journey and the, the reason for the clarity, the reason for the effectiveness of these is that they were evolved and discovered one project at a time. You know, they, it is our responsibility to keep our eye on strategy. But at the same time, let that strategy evolve from reality and these smaller solutions you talk about is really the way to go. It is. It is. Any other way becomes expensive with all kinds of mistakes being made. So methodology begets technology. Absolutely. Another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends, thank you for joining us yet again. We're looking for the other ones. Please let us know how we can help. Well, that's it for this episode of the 5 Moments of Need Performance Matter series. We look forward to future conversations around how to best put the 5 Moments of Need into practice. We welcome your feedback and can be reached on Twitter using my Twitter handle at BMOSH, as well as our Five Moments of Need website, which is www.the5momentsofneed.com. We hope you're finding these helpful and will subscribe to future episodes. Have a great day, friends.